The Media Files for August 7th, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. For those of you new to this podcast, The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair this week is the founder of leveldowngames.com and the host of the Level Down Games podcast, previously the Max Level podcast, and BG Mania video game music podcast, Brian. What's going on, buddy? I don't know what else to do here. I don't know what to do here on this show. I'm not used to being a co-host. Yeah, you usually scream as we enter those other podcasts. (laughs) Not used to being the co-host. Not used to being a co-host. Not used to being in the second chair. Yeah, Brian's Brian's the host of the other podcast that I do, which, like I said, used to be the Max Level uh, podcast and is now the Level Down Games podcast. I'm the co-host on that with him and and Dan, who you heard three or four weeks ago when we talked about The Last of Us 2, and another good buddy of mine, Sean. And uh, we do that one, but Brian Brian's the one that hosts that one and BG Mania. So if you don't know those podcasts, check them out because they're a lot of fun. But Please do. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm glad to finally get you on this podcast because this is something that you helped. This entire podcast idea was something that you helped me kind of visualize. I've been here and, from the start, Kyle. And, yeah, I know. And, and you just, at the end of every episode, <laughs> at the end of every episode, when I say thanks to Brian for technical assistance, you're the That's Brian. Me. That's me. Yep. And uh, and and nobody else hears this, but there are there are parts through every episode that we record that I'm like, all right, Brian, uh, I leave like little <laughs> notes for you during the recording when I'm like, all right, Brian, uh, we're going to need to cut this out. All right, Brian, we're going to insert this. Song and I almost here. feel like you don't even need to do that because I'm pretty sure I'm smart enough to just figure it out anyway. You are. You totally are. But it helps me. It helps me to kind of break it up in my mind. So like you're you're pretty much here every week anyways, just like this, the the silent curator in the back. Background. Yeah, I'm in spirit. You are. You are. Mm-hmm. But you're actually here for real this week because we're doing a super cool topic. This is a topic that I've been looking forward to for a long time since we started this podcast. I've been looking forward to. We are talking about the Ghost of Tsushima and Kurosawa cinema. Ghost of Tsushima is a PlayStation 4 exclusive video game from Sucker Punch Productions. Released on July 17th, 2020, Ghost of Tsushima follows the tale of Jin, the lone samurai of Tsushima, as he attempts to reclaim his island following the death of his comrades at the hands of a large-scale Mongol invasion. The game takes place on Tsushima Island in the late 13th century and draws much of its inspiration from legendary Japanese filmmaker Akira Kurosawa, who directed many samurai film classics including Seven Samurai, 
Kai, Rajamon, The Hidden Fortress, Kagemusha, Ron, Yojimbo, and my personal favorite, Sanjuro. Um, now, now up to the, you know, leading up to the release of Ghost of Tsushima, knowing that this was going to be kind of tied into, you know, the popular image of samurai, I went back and rewatched some of these films that I haven't seen for many years and some that I hadn't seen at all. But a lot of these Kurosawa classic, uh, you know, samurai cinema and really kind of dived into the idea of what a samurai was and how that Japanese view of samurai was going to play into Ghost of Tsushima. Right. Sort and of. Then, <laughs> yes, sort of. And that's and that's really what I want to talk about because this has kind of been a big topic lately. This is in in, in certain circles of the gaming world. Ghost of Tsushima has been huge. Ghost of Tsushima has been a breakout success. Lots of lots of unit sales on this video game. If you haven't heard of it, it's a really cool game. It's one of those games that you could probably watch instead of play and still get a really good experience out of because it's very cinematic. It's a I mean just a gorgeously crafted game. And does remind me in a lot of ways of Kurosawa cinema. Now we, I know that you went back and you watched a lot of Kurosawa movies too, kind of leading up to this. We were just talking I about prior two in particular, two in right, particular. Two. Uh, two, you had sent me a list. You had sent me a list of things that you know I could potentially go back and check out before we did this episode. And they are movies that I've always wanted to watch anyway. Akira Kurosawa is somebody who I'm very familiar with, but I've never actually sat down and watched anything of his like from start to finish. I've seen right. bits and pieces. I've seen like the epic moments. I know the story of like A Fistful of Dollars and The Magnificent Seven, like how all of that kind of stuff. But right. I've never actually watched his stuff. So I sat down and watched Sanjuro and Rashomon and dude, holy crap. That can't be understated too. kind of that legacy that Kurosawa has had, not just on Japanese cinema, but but, you know, global cinema and especially Western cinema. He's considered one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And some people consider some of his films to be the greatest films of all time. And like you said, you know, The Magnificent Seven is pretty much directly a Seven remake Samurai. of Seven Samurai. Uh, you you mentioned A Fistful of Dollars, which is basically a shot for shot remake of Yojimbo to the point that Sergio Leone, who was the director of A Fistful of Dollars, was I mean got taken to court over it over the rights that's of the, the only movie. one they've been able to do like legal action against right yes yeah and and you know and some of them are are homages to those and you're allowed to remake things but Yojimbo was so closely related to a fistful of dollars that you know there was there was some legal action over that one and then of course the hidden fortress being kind of one of the main influences and inspirations of George Lucas when he made Star Wars and and there are direct character parallels between some of the characters Characters, direct plot parallels between Hidden Fortress and Star Wars. And so the legacy of Kurosawa, even in, in modern times, you really can't understate just how important he was as a filmmaker. It's it's absolutely insane, man. Like his just his reach and his legacy, it, it will probably live on for Longer than you and I. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely, definitely, and and I think that it should. And and going back and watching some of these movies, and he started making movies in the '40s and made movies all the way through the '90s. But that kind of core set of samurai cinema that he made, running from the late '40s into the '60s, it still really holds up when you go back and watch them. They're still very interesting movies. Like I said, Sanjuro's my favorite. Sanjuro's kind of this almost comical take of samurai, you know, to some degree. And it's a sequel to Yojimbo, which I think is a great movie, too. 
And watching these movies even still just are so much fun to watch. I had one of my kids sitting down with me at one point and watching it with me because he was kind of enjoying it too. Had no idea what was going on because I was watching it in subtitles and he can't read yet. But even, <laughs> you know, some of the some of the uh, the fights that happen in the movies and the and the set pieces, it's just shot so beautifully. It's what what I really liked about seeing these movies for the first time, and and I do think I am gonna probably eventually sit down and watch all of at least like the the main samurai movies that Akira Kurosawa right. did. I didn't realize so many of the same actors appeared in all of these movies, specifically oh, yeah. uh, Toshiro Maifuni. But yeah. there's several others that make cameos like and have starring roles all throughout like seven, eight, nine, ten different movies. That's really freaking oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, he kind of sticks with the same production company as he goes through. And that was that was really common in Eastern cinema too back then. You know, when you go back and you watch these old Jackie Chan Kung Fu movies, you see a lot of that as well. They kind of stick with the same cast, same production company, same directors, because that's what worked, you know, and they, and they knew each other and it, and it does work. The, the cast is so cohesive, you know, from, from film to film and now playing Ghost of Tsushima for the last few weeks. And you and I, you more than me though, have put a lot of time I'm into addicted. Ghost of Tsushima. I'm addicted, it's, man. It's a really fun <laughs> game. If you're familiar with video games at all, Ghost of Tsushima is kind of this open world game that to me mostly reminds me of The Witcher 3 in its yeah, play style. style gameplay. Yeah, you're, you're finding things in this big open world. This one just happens to be Japanese themed and mostly historical setting. Now, the history of it is not entirely accurate. They kind of take some liberties with that, and I think that's okay as well. But when you go through Ghost of Tsushima, there are specific things that they have pulled from Kurosawa cinema and put into this video game. Namely, and, and most importantly and most obvious, there there is a mode that you can play this game in called Kurosawa mode, which and that's off obviously to you for playing it entirely in Kurosawa. Okay, mode. so yeah, so I'm playing the game entirely in Kurosawa mode, which Kurosawa mode is all in black and white and kind of has some of those scratchy lines that you would see in old film. And some of the weather effects are heightened and more dramatized because that was something that Kurosawa was known for in his film. He would make there a lot of use of wind or a lot of use of wind rain, and as rain. He said. Yep. Yes. Wind and, and you rain. watched you watched Rashomon and yes. Rashomon really makes use of the the dramatic effect of the rain and how those raindrops fall in certain scenes. I almost get chills thinking about it because the opening scene is Rashomon. Rashomon is like doing a, a side quest in Ghost of Tsushima. It's, isn't it? It's a lot like a Ghost of Tsushima side quest and feels like it almost, you know? Yeah. And so when you play the game in Kurosawa mode, you get a lot of these effects that the developers of this game, huge Kurosawa fans, huge fans of samurai cinema, put these kind of effects and put these kind of I think they mentioned Seven Samurai in. was the one specifically that they were basing Absolutely. most of the Ghost of Tsushima stuff off of. Yes. And there are even specific set pieces that happen in Ghost of Tsushima that remind me a lot of Kurosawa effects as well. Now, you watched Sanjuro, and at the very end of Sanjuro, if you haven't seen Sanjuro, you've probably seen this scene, and if you haven't seen this scene, you may have seen a parody or a take on this scene. And you're also missing out if you haven't seen this scene. <laughs> if you, yes, yes, you're absolutely missing out because it's one of the, I mean, one of film's greatest moments. Uh, Sanjuro is, is standing before this other man who 
who has challenged him to a duel. And there are a few other men standing on, looking on, and they stand, and it's about 45 seconds of silence that these two men look at each other. And right as the one draws his sword, Sanjuro pulls out his sword and kills him right there. And, and blood... You know, especially for a 1950s film, very, I think it's actually early 60s, but very graphically, blood starts flying out of this man's body and <laughs> until until he just falls over. And and Sanjuro, you know, played by Toshiro Mifune, holds this pose and just holds it down with his sword until the man falls. And then he puts his sword away. Now, this is something that's directly been pulled from that scene, I feel like, and put into Ghost of Tsushima. You can it's walk very up to identical. these camps of... Oh, Oh, yes. You walk up to these camps of enemies and you can call out somebody for a standoff, for a duel. And somebody, a random enemy from this camp, will walk up to you and they will stand there and the both of you will stare each other down. And you have to do exactly like Sanjuro does and wait for the other person to draw his sword before you can draw yours. And then if you do, you get you, you kill him and he dies instantly right there. But it's such a cool homage to Kurosawa to have this, this incredible scene, this incredible sequence. What I probably think is my favorite sequence from any Kurosawa film. And now I get to do it, you know, multiple times throughout this. I was going to say, that's the thing. It's not scripted. So it's something that you and I can continue to do each time we go up to a Mongol camp or a bandit camp or whatever. We're seeing this constantly. And it's very cinematic every single time you see it. The camera's slightly different. Something might be different with the weather. The location is different. And in Ghost of Tsushima, all of that stuff matters, man. Like, I was riding on horseback through like a grassy field and Jin reached down and like kind of like just felt the grass as he was riding and it's things like that that make me think that man it's... Ghost of Tsushima would have worked really well as an Akira Kurosawa movie <laughs> exactly exactly and it, if you've been to my Twitter account at all if you don't follow me on Twitter it's at Brewstoff I have been posting just constantly. When I play Ghost of Tsushima, I take a screenshot of it from my PlayStation 4 and post it to my Twitter account because I just cannot believe the, you know, the cinematography of this game. And it's not, you know, it's not cinematic moments. It's moments of me playing. And all I do is stop what I'm doing for a moment and take a picture of what's happening. And I send them to you a lot, too, because I'm like, man, I cannot (laughs) believe this game. I cannot believe how good it looks and just how closely they were able to capture that same feel and the same spirit of Akira Kurosawa. And even on a on a totally completely separate level, I'm playing in color. And that still is absolutely beautiful and breathtaking. It's one of the best looking current generation games in terms of video games. So the fact that this studio, Sucker Punch, was able to make two different styles of games and they both play great. They feel great. I mean, it's the same game. Why wouldn't it? But the fact that you have two different styles working so well together and you're enjoying your time and you feel like you're getting your $60 in black and white, myself in color. Dude, it's really cool. It's very, very cool. I, you know what? Actually, like two hours ago, I was watching Dan play over on Twitch. I had no idea that the bird you follow sometimes was yellow. Oh, the little yellow guiding bird. Yeah. I didn't know it was yellow because again, I'm playing the whole game in black and white. I thought (laughs) I just thought it was a white bird. Had 
no idea that was a yellow bird. But yeah, the colors are are super vibrant, and then you get these very dark, kind of dreary areas too. And every time I watch somebody else play it in color, I'm blown away. I'm like, man, this doesn't even look like the same game. It's so different, you know. But I'm I'm excited that I finally kind of live a dream of entering this Kurosawa world and controlling a character in it. This is as close, I think, as we may ever get to that. To a playable actual movie. Yes, 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the closest I've ever gotten. Now, there's been some issues and some discussion about the writing of the game and how they handle kind of this image of the samurai and how that doesn't really line up with the ideals of the samurai historically in Japan and the ideals that Akira Kurosawa specifically would go after for his samurai in his films and his tales that he told. Now, when you go in, when you watch these Kurosawa films, and I'm speaking specifically the ones about samurai, Yojimbo, Sanjiro, uh, Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress, you don't get the idea that the samurai are these noble, you know, uh, knights in shining armor, warriors that protect land and country and serve anybody who need them. And you know, as a as a young boy growing up in America, and we have this westernized version of samurai in our head, watching these movies for the first time, and especially rewatching them recently as an adult, it kind of took me by surprise just how much that image is tossed aside in Kurosawa's work. These aren't these aren't men of valor and men of honor, and this bushido code that they're supposed to follow. You know, and in Ghost of Tsushima, they do. You know, you have to look somebody in the eye when you kill them. You honor them. You know. And and you die for honor, for country, and that's not the historical image of a samurai. Not at all. And I like that they allow you, because what's really cool in Ghost of Tsushima specifically, and I think it's something that Akira Kurosawa kind of played around with in his movies after watching specifically Sanjiro. There's that, you know, good versus evil type of like, I don't, I guess that's probably the wrong way to say it, but you can choose to either follow the Bushido code or follow the path of the ghost and the stealth and, you know, assassinations and completely go against everything that you stand for. Now, even watching some of those Kurosawa films, you kind of get the idea that these samurai were almost in in a way like vagabond mercenaries. You know, they were skilled swordsmen, skilled fighters. Sure, a sword for hire. Right. That's that's what they were is they were sword for hires. They weren't like protectors of the kingdom. They were looking for money. They were looking for a place to stay. And when things didn't meet their way, they kind of bullied people around. They were kind of these thug landlords in a certain way, right? And... I yeah. mean, really, you're they right. are. You're they, right, and, though. You're right, though. And then to a sense, you could do that in Ghost of Tsushima. You could like you literally really bust can. your way through a door and, you know, kind of just steal everything if you wanted to. <laughs> Which I do. Of course, Why because you, you need the supplies. Exactly. <laughs> but in Seven Samurai, there's a moment where one of the daughters of this of this townsperson, and if you've seen The Magnificent Seven, you know the story of Seven Samurai. There is a town that's about to be under attack, and they hire the services of these seven samurai to kind of protect them. And one of the townspeople in Seven Samurai is kind of flustered by this idea, really doesn't want to hire these samurai in order to protect the town because he is nervous that the samurai are going to either A, steal his daughter, or B, rape her and leave her for, you know, I mean, kind of this 
you know, non-virgin maiden who no longer can find a husband. And that that moment in the film when you realize that this man not really doesn't even respect the samurai, but almost kind of fears them in a way is a powerful kind of, you know, it's, it's a line that's drawn between our view of samurai and what the samurai really acted like in the, you know, 12th, 13th, 14th century. Right. And historically really probably lines up pretty accurately. I would assume it's more in line with with Kurosawa's vision than probably anything else. I know it's kind of hard to say just because, you know, so long ago, but right still. <laughs> and and who knows how how good the records have been, too, you know, and, and what's fictionalized and what's not. In fact, there's been a lot of talk over the revisionism of Japanese history by, you know, Japanese scholars and Japanese historians and Japanese politicians, you know, President Abe of Japan and and the things that he's done. There's there was a really good article on Polygon last week uh, by a guy named Kazuma Hashimoto that kind of wrote up about how Japan is revising, you know, what it's teaching about samurai and how it's honoring them because that lines up with the Western idealization of samurai and not with the actual historical accounts of them. Yeah. And I, I literally, think that can be problematic. Literally changing history. Exactly. And growing up in America, samurai, like I said, kind of have that knight in shining armor. Look, I remember watching uh, Samurai Jack on Cartoon Network when I was young. Okay, yeah. I loved that show. I still love that show. I think, you know, Jendi Tartakovsky, the guy that created the show, I think he's really smart and really good. Just a great creator. I loved that show growing up. And it has this very noble, honorable samurai that goes about on these quests. And he's a vagabond and travels around, but he's very honorable and follows his code the other one was a movie that came out some years ago called the last samurai but you know with uh, tom cruise and starring i love that movie dude i Ken absolutely Watanabe. love that movie i do too i think it's wonderful uh kind of the it's the story of avatar or fern gully if you watch those movies it's the exact same story but it's set in feudal japan or or post-feudal japan as it were And again, the samurai follow this code. They follow this very strict, you know, honor system. And I I think that viewing Ghost of Tsushima and these kind of works up against the Kurosawa films and what Ghost of Tsushima offers as an homage to Kurosawa, there are times where it almost feels like it was just tongue service, I guess, lip service to Kurosawa to add this black and white because past the black and white, I, f- I really feel like some of the film, the, the themes from Kurosawa's films are lost. Definitely. Because again, even we, we see it at the very beginning of the game, right? The samurai are kind of riding into this battle. Uh, I think it was, was it Komoda beach. I'm trying to remember the name of the beach. That they were on. I guess it's something, I guess it's not that, really yeah. important to the, to the story here, but they're riding on this on horses into this and and they're basically you know saving their homeland from the mongols but they really probably wouldn't have cared <laughs> right if you, if you think about it they probably would have traditionally or historically uh been kind of standing back waiting to see what happened and then maybe just picking things off here and there uh as the as the mongols went through maybe take some supplies here <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> That's kind of what you would think. And would work to save the island, but only really if there was money or food in it for them. Right. And Jin in Ghost of Tsushima isn't getting anything at right. all. Right. He's he's doing this kind of as a as a remembrance of his fallen friends and his and his you know brother in arms as it were. And even talks about a couple times at the beginning of the game. You know, I should have died on that beach with the rest of them. Right. And they said, No, this is your calling. This is your your legacy now. Is is you get to save Tsushima. But again, I just feel like that's kind of a, a pretty harsh, you know, departure from what probably actually happened with the samurai of that age. You said it to me off off the air. I think it was yesterday, but it, it's just easy to tell that this game was made by Western developers and not Japanese developers. Right, right. And that's kind of been a talking point, too. When this game first came out, there was some criticism as to whether or not a game that involves such serious matters pertaining to Japanese history and kind of tells this Japanese historical, albeit fictionalized, account is way is is entirely developed by the studio in Washington State in the United States and is made by Western American developers. There was some Not that I think there's anything wrong with that. Right. And, but but I, I do think that there's some discussion right. to be had there. Are are these American developers appropriating the culture of Japan in order to make this Japanese, you know, Japanese language, Japanese by origin and, and history, and by all means a Japanese game made entirely by American and Western developers? It's it's interesting, man. And and I, I wonder if or had it been developed by a, a different studio, if the story would have been somewhat different. I think the gameplay probably would have been similar, but story-wise, I think it could have been different. I totally agree. And it's easy for me, I think, as a as a white, straight American male, right? Yeah. To right. to say, no, I don't think that's appropriation of a culture. The you know, the sales in Japan have been really high for this game. That seems like the Japanese, you know, gamers have really kind of taken to this game and have been really enjoying it. And we do see kind of the opposite as well. There is a lot of Western type games that come out of Japan. You know, in the last few years, From Software has been making games entirely about Western cultures, you know, with uh, Bloodstained and, or I'm sorry, Bloodborne. Bloodborne, Bloodborne and uh, Bloodborne, Dark Souls. And Dark Souls, right, which is kind of the medieval European feel. And personally, don't feel like they're appropriating. I do feel like it is a good homage and a good, you know, respect to the culture and the land that they're trying to do. Now, I lived in Japan for a few years. I have a... I mean, a, a deep love for Japan and for the Japanese people. I do speak Japanese. And having been there, having known those people, I do feel like Sucker Punch really, really went out of their way to be very respectful to the land, to the 100%. people, to the language. And none of it feels tongue-in-cheek. Every, every bit of it feels like an homage to that country, an homage to their history, and an homage to the image of Japan as this honorable, noble society. And I think for that reason, it's hard to call this game appropriation. Yes, I, I actually agree with that. The only thing that I wish would have been kind of changed a little bit, and we've talked about it throughout the episode, but, you know, it, it would have been kind of just nice to see them portray samurai as these non-heroic figures because they right. weren't. I And I agree with you there. I think I kind of expected that a little bit more going into the game, that you weren't going to be this almighty, all noble, you know, very valorant hero. And you are. 
And so it's it's not bad. It makes for a good game. It makes for a good story. But I think there could have been some more moral ambiguity going into it. Yeah, 100% for sure. Now, something we do here on the Media Files is we throw an arbitrary rating of whatever we're talking about. I always ask the guest to do it, and then I do it. We've talked about a lot, but I think just to narrow it down, what is your arbitrary rating of... Ghost of Tsushima. I thought about it, and I wasn't sure what you were going to ask me the uh, the arbitrary rating on until I actually got the outline earlier. So I'm glad you gave me a little bit of a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would go for Ghost of Tsushima. And I thought about it because I am actually writing the review for leveldowngames.com as well. Uh, and maybe this will give it away. Maybe it won't. But I am going with four out of five standoff streaks. Very nice. You just and you just unlocked the fifth standoff. I can get up streak, to five, right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, you know what? I think that's an accurate score. I was going to give it a 40 out of 47 Ronin, which 47 okay. Ronin was. I like it, dude. I like 47 that. Ronin's not a great movie, but I say, I figured, you know, a little over 80% is what I really feel. Probably 85 to 90% is what I'm thinking about. This game that's really right, That's right at. around where I'm standing. So I do think that it's a beautiful game. I do think it's a lot of fun. And bravo to Sucker Punch for making, you know, a game that I've been completely sucked into. Hats off to them for that. Yeah, and super cool to completely tie it to, you know, someone so iconic as Akira Kurosawa. Absolutely. What I, That's probably the biggest joy of it for me is I just feel like I'm playing a Kurosawa game. If you haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, definitely look it up. Definitely watch some of the videos or the trailers to this game because it is beautiful. It is a beautifully made game, pays a lot of respect and homage to Japan and to Akira Kurosawa. And if you've never seen a Kurosawa film, like I said, what are you waiting for? A lot of them are Do on archive.org. You can yeah, rent them for a couple of crazy. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You can rent them for a couple of bucks off of Amazon. They are easy to watch, easy to find in today's age. And you are really doing yourself a disservice if you haven't watched them. But that's all the time we've got. And I want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you, Brian, for being here this week. Glad to be here. Please tell a friend, family, or coworker about the show so we can grow this little project into something meaningful. And special thanks to you, Brian, after the show for the technical assistance. And don't forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. I can be reached on Twitter or Instagram at Brustoff, that's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H, or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Brian, where can you be reached at? I am at OriginalLDG on Twitter. You can find me on Twitch soon because the PC will be here, that uh, the new PC build, twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames. Where else am I at? Instagram, I'm at brian.ldg, Facebook, Level Down Gaming, uh, youtube.com forward slash Level Down Games, and of course you mentioned every week, leveldowngames.com. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to, and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Thank you.